March of 2020, my students were asking if we were going to close school due to COVID. I said, no, it's not like we live in the snow belt. Then it was March 13th, schools closed, and the way we do school changed forever. On this show, we're going to talk about the ways in which schools and community have had to pivot and continue to pivot in a constantly changing reality. This is Pivot. Welcome to another edition of The Pivot. We are here with some outstanding teachers. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Um, I am Jagger Rent, one of the assistant principals. We are in this discussion of assessment, and you've heard already from Stacy's crew uh, kind of what assessments are. Uh, we're we're going to get further into this uh, conversation with four outstanding teachers. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and let's start with you, Mr. Lighting. My name is Vince Lighty, and this is my 21st year at Hamilton Southeastern High School. Um, I'm Caroline Emerson. Uh, it's my ninth year at HSC High School. I'm a social studies teacher. And an alumni. And I'm an alumni, yeah. I graduated uh, class of 2007, last uh, class before Fishers High School. Uh, Emily Kitchen. I teach math, uh, Algebra 1, Honors, Algebra 2. This is my sixth year teaching here at HSC. And uh, Megan Miller, I'm in with the Exceptional Learners Department, and this is my, I think, 11th year now at HSC. Awesome. We got the whole gamut. We have uh, a little bit of everything for you. We want to make sure we cover our bases. I want to start this discussion uh, of integrity and security as it relates to assessments with uh, a statement that, Caroline, you made the other day in one of the conversations we were having around bringing the students in on this conversation. A lot of times... When we're talking about assessments, it's like the teacher, oh, something went wrong. Then it goes above that to the administrators. But what about the ones that count, the students? So talk about something that you like to do when you're talking about this to students. So um, I teach one of the classes I teach is an AP class, and it's um, particularly with AP students. Um, AP students are a lot more motivated to get the A, and they're a lot more resourceful as yeah. well. Um, <laughs> That's a so good way to put it. They uh, they really want to um, excel, and so this um, I notice that a lot of times I notice that these are my students that are more likely to cheat on assessment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with this um, where we are now, um, it's very easy. So I kind of put it on them as you know. Yeah, you're going to be able to cheat. You know, my test is probably the questions I do are probably out there. I could spend 10 hours trying to make a perfect test, but mm -hmm. it's ultimately up to them. And the way I kind of said is that, you know, if you if you choose to cheat and everyone in the class gets an A+, I'm the best teacher ever. I look at that test like, yeah, all right, I rock. You know, but they it, if everyone bombs it, then okay. Great. Let's go over this again. Let's, you know, I don't know what you're learning right. if you are cheating. And at the AP level, they have to take a test in May to show College Board what they learned. And if they got an A on every test and then they bomb that AP exam because they're not going to be able to cheat on that AP exam, that's something that's going to show there. So basically, I kind of put the ball in their court and I, I really feel that a lot of them kind of get it and kind of going that route of that I can't do my job if you're not doing your job. And that's kind of a big thing of, you know, trying to make sure that they're taking that accountability because in any any job, any 
when they get to college, they're going to be able to do the same thing, you know, this day and age, who knows where we're going to be right. next year in school. And so that's something kind of to get them thinking about the moral idea of it. I love that. I love bringing them into the conversation and letting them understand uh, the importance of this. I would like for teachers or whoever to listen to this episode to literally be able to rewind, speak exactly what you are saying to students or uh, parents or whoever. So let's just talk a little bit more. What else could you say to students? What advice would you give to teachers to bring everybody into the correct understanding about why we assess? Well, I would say that you're assessing to check their understanding of material uh, maybe if, like for me, if it's in a, a health class or in a PE class, you're kind of culminating the end of a unit or a, a couple weeks and you want to see where they're at. Well, with the online and how it's transformed since March, and then I, I do some, I, I got, I think I got a, I don't, I didn't, I didn't think I have to, I don't pivot much because I'd already done summer, some online summer courses. So basically I was already in the transition game, uh, on the fast break. And uh, you just pivoted earlier. You, you pivoted yeah. just earlier than I the rest am, of us. Yeah, I was, already, I was already lucky enough to anticipate. So it's one of these things where you, you put things out there, I think, to let the students know that this is what's going to happen. This is kind of the routine. And I established it. And you're at the point now where you're looking at, you know, honest, you're talking about honesty, integrity, and, you know, this is what you're going to submit and put out. And at some point, we may soon all get back in person 100%. School may resume. And, you know, the, the, the chips will fall on the right line and depending on what work they put in prior to your assessments. But I, I think you, you know, it's part of the, the school process, but we've had to make, you know, obviously you guys say pivot, I've just adjusted with it and, you know, I've tried to utilize what I'd done in the past to give our students the opportunity on the assessments on their own. Um, Emily, yeah. yeah, I had a very similar conversation with my students, kind of like what Caroline was saying. What's interesting about the students that I teach, they're kind of all about the same exact age between freshman and sophomore, but completely different levels, given that I teach a regular Algebra 1 course and an Honors Algebra 2 course. So seeing that it's about the same age group, but the motivation behind the students is a lot different. So yeah. the conversations I've had for both of them are a little bit different. With my lower kids, um, my conversation with them is more about taking pride in what they do. So um, I did put it kind of on them. You know, it's a math course, and it's like at the end of the year when I take that final exam, am I going to be prepared? Um, did I, you know, if I cheated through a lot of my exams, because in math, especially virtual, it's very, very easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, but am I going to be prepared? Um, I talked to my honors algebra two kids about, you know, they are very much more motivated. Um, but if they want to be ready for honors pre-calc, if they do the right things, they try their best, you know, I let them take, I tell them that they can retake any of, I give what's called like a check for understanding the really small little pop quizzes, but I give them over every single lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, but they can retake those as many times as they want. Yeah. Um, which then helps them under, you know, they're less likely to cheat if they know that they have more attempts on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the conversation also led to, you know, you're going to be ready for honors pre-calc, you know, if you work hard and, you know, you do your best with me, um, on you, if you don't, then, you know, you real life, you're probably going to struggle yeah, as you go on. Yeah, yeah. Cause the idea is not when you learn, it's that you learn. Yeah. And so if that means taking it over, if that means, uh, reteaching it, that's fine. 
Megan, from a, sp- a special ed exceptional learner standpoint, how do you get kids to understand the importance of of assessments and why we have to do them? Well, I, I think that we would kind of echo a lot of what you guys are hearing or saying. I think a lot of our roles as the you know resource teachers, teachers of records, are to help support the roles that you guys are, the standards that you are setting in your classrooms. And so our, we not just support the students, but we're supporting what you guys are doing in your classrooms in terms of assessments. So you know, trying to make sure that, um, you know, if a student needs to be pulled out into the resource room or in for special accommodations that, um, you know, those standards are still being met and that we are there to help supervise and and be your eyes and ears in the classroom to make sure that um, students are doing what they need to be doing. So um, it's been very interesting from our perspective, I think, to see all of the unique ways that teachers are doing the assessments because I'm seeing it through the eyes of many, many students. And Mm -hmm. so I get a sneak peek into a lot of different classrooms and how teachers are doing it. And so I think that um, it's been pretty impressive to see what teachers are doing across the building um, from allowing multiple attempts to maybe reduce that um, desire, that urge to want to cheat because it doesn't seem as high stake when you know you can do it again to – you know, the way that we're using our technology with different camera angles and different things where teachers can kind of keep an eye on kids. And so, um, yeah, luckily we've got some pretty amazing technology out there that we can use when we know it's there. And so um, that's helping, I think, to also help keep kids accountable. Yeah, you talked about how they're doing the assessments. I want to get to that here in a second. But We have the visionary in the house. We have the proprietor of Pivot in the room, Ms. Janie Almer. I want her to weigh in on this conversation about how you look at the data, the assessments. Why is this important at the level that you're at, that students are uh, integral about this and the data that we're getting is valid? I think that assessments are more important this semester than ever because we have had to change how we teach, the way we teach, what that looks like. And assessments let us know, are we really delivering the content in a way that it's sticking? Are they in, in I think I've heard you say this, Jaga. Are they picking up what we're throwing down? That's right, yeah. Is that the right phrase? No, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. Let's talk uh, application. Let's talk practicality because our listeners are going to want to know, man, how can I – Uh, deliver an exam or an assessment that is secure? What strategies are out there? What are you guys doing in the field to make sure that the data that you're getting is what Janie said, um, accurately reflects the picture that your students know? So one thing that I've been, you know, I kind of learned this from um, another uh, former teacher of mine and neighbor, uh, Mr. (laughs) Cat, who teaches, you know, AP, ACP, regular psych, all that stuff. And um, I've started applying this with my AP classes is doing class tests where they, or partner tests even, where they take it together. And so they are able to, you know, because part of the learning and me knowing if they're learning the material and so me assessing them is hearing them talk about it. And that's almost just as important as them getting the right answer. And I tell them, hey, you don't have to um, have this, (laughs) my favorite thing is I don't, let them, or they don't have to have the same answers. They can differ. And so almost every time it's not, no, everyone doesn't get the same score. And something else is that, um, I know I've talked to some other people is making an open note. Um, that way, you know, kids at home, kids at school are both, you know, they're getting the same benefits and you kind of have to have your ducks in a row for an open note test. I know 
anytime I've given an open note test at school, kids do worse because <laughs> they don't study. <laughs> and so you kind of have to make sure that you are have those notes ready to go and you know where the stuff is. So that's something kind of to see that because um, that's a kind of... Um, Especially if there's a time limit yes, right involved. Yeah, so absolutely. Know they have to, yeah. Right. Um, and I know writing is something, and that's something probably harder to do in math is that writing portion. But, you know, writing is something that is a little bit more open-ended writing too, not just, you know, what is the exact answer is, okay, tell me, explain to me this or describe something, how this works, or what's your opinion of this using evidence, that type of stuff is more open-ended because it gives a little bit less stakes of this is my opinion. I can use the information and kind of get it that way. And that's something I use either my AP class or my regular class because my you know lower stakes kids, they're having, they feel more comfortable. They love, kids love to talk about their opinion. And so that's something that's easier for them to use the content that way. Um, I know in my classroom, especially being math, we you got to be careful of how you're asking the question. Um, well, first off, before you even do it, like collaborate with teachers. Um, I think that the Algebra 1, and I can only speak to what I teach, but the Algebra 1 group and the Honors Algebra 2 teachers, like working together to create a test with other teachers um, is imperative to a really good exam. And so specifically when we're taking a look at, like today I gave an Honors Algebra 2 exam, um, all different types of questioning techniques. Um, if it's something where I know that they could easily just Google or find an app to tell them the answer, I need to see all the work. They take a picture, they upload it within the exam, things like that. Um, other parts of it we've done for Algebra 1, they take a Canvas portion, but then they also need to be able to articulate what they're doing. So they'll do a flip grid of their open, instead of like a free response written down on paper, they can do it on paper, but then they have to articulate it through a flip grid. And so then I grade them through um, a video. Um, so I think asking and how you're asking certain types of questions is pretty important if you want to stay, you know, pretty high on integrity. I want to promise our listeners that Ms. Kitchen was not in the studio during the last segment. We had another teacher say the same exact thing in regards to making sure you're collaborating with your coworkers mm -hmm. And your team before giving an exam. That's that's amazing. That's great. Um, I would say one thing uh, that I've tried to do with the assessments on the online and either the, the, the PE or the health environment is uh, on the uh, we, we have I have tried to develop questions of application or reflection of trying to bring the information that we are talking about or discussing and applying it to real life via short open ended questions that I've had to change over the past, you know, since the fall or the spring uh, due to our, our pivot or from my term, my transition um, on the fast break. But as we go into uh, in the, in there, and it's good to read that when the students have to, and again, some of them um, will go really in depth, but to me, it's all about, are they understanding maybe a big concept, but then they're also using reflection on their personal experience, or they've got to identify something in the real world um, uh, the answers, you know, for application purposes. And so I think it's been real, uh, you know, I've done, I've relied more on those types of um, open-ended uh, questions due to the lack of person-to-person -person, uh, contact compared to prior teaching experiences. Uh, well, my experience is a little bit different than the rest of you folks because I'm, I'm not necessarily creating the assessments, I'm supporting those assessments. And so 
I think one concern that teachers sometimes have is when they send the student out of the room to get some of those accommodations that are found on students' IEPs, like extended time or having tests read, how can they ensure that those kids are also testing with integrity once they leave the confines of their Zoom classroom or something? How can they trust that that's happening? And so um, as a department, we kind of set up some uh, standards or suggestions to teachers um, that could be helpful. For example, if a student needs um, a word bank or things chunked up. And so if they could provide maybe different forms of that test um, that they can provide for students that have those accommodations, and if they can share that with us in advance, then we can have that ready for the student either when they come in live um, or in the virtual setting. <clears throat> uh, you can also provide extra time just for certain students by apparently there's a function in Canvas where you can go in and moderate the quiz to allow um, extended time for single test forms. Um, one thing that I've found really helpful, and <clears throat> prior to March of 2020, I had never even heard of Zoom, and now I've become pretty efficient at it. <laughs> and my, my favorite feature working with kids one-on-one -on -one is their ability to share their screen. And so if I can see them typing live, I'm reading the test with them, um, I can see if they leave the site, so I'm, I'm, it's as if I'm sitting right next to them really in a lot of ways. Um, and I can still provide those accommodations. Uh, I think that, you know, depending on the resource room teacher, I, I think that this is happening across our, our department from what it sounds like. But, you know, I think that we are taking the teacher's lead as much as possible and going by their suggestions, um, but using the tools that we have at hand. Great. Hey, we got to go. I mean, we could be here all day and, and there's a lot of information that still is left out there. But um, we want to thank you guys for coming to the pivot and helping us out. You got to make me a promise that if we ask you again, you'll come back. Mm -hmm. Did right. you enjoy it? Yeah. Great. Well, thank you again. And we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we'll see you the next time on the pivot. Bye.